0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ready for the best weekend yet. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's been told he looks like Dexter. Sure do. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother... Who's been told he looks like Peyton Manning?
2: Yeah, that that also is true. That's me, Trey Newman.
1: Not not as much in as fact. Mike like Dexter though. No, that in one, fact, that my works.
2: forehead is my forehead is kind of big. I'm coming out of the picture. I gotta adjust this. Uh,
1: uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Trey's gonna adjust his it's screen. Just, okay. Yeah. Who are you, Mike?
0: Who do, do I look, look like?
1: like? Yeah. Oh, you know. Here Chris we Pine. go. Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit like a better looking Chris Pine. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we've got a lot to get to this episode, including our betting picks. So let's discuss a place where you can make those picks, mybookie.ag. Uh, we've got a lot of listeners that ask us for, for those picks each week. Not sure why, we're just three idiots with a podcast, but just as important as the picks you choose are where you bet. So mybookie has been great for the three of us. Uh, they've got free bets, odds boosts, Huge cash prize contests all season long. They've got tons of props for the NFL and, of course, college football. I've made some Heisman bets, which have been fun to follow this year. Great customer service. So sign up in the next six days at MyBookie using the promo code CFBROS to take advantage of a 100% deposit match, dollar for dollar, all the way up to $1,000. bucks. We've they have told us that in, uh, in a week's time, that's going to go down to a 50% deposit match. So still good, but... May as well sign up now if you're planning to. Uh, It gives you some free play money just to get a little head start on your winning season. So again, that's promo code CFBROS, all caps. And go ahead and get in on UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Your winning season starts today only at MyBookie. All righty. Let's get into college football, and we're going to give our week nine takeaways. So each of us has three takeaways. Ryan, get us started
0: uh yeah start off with uh my first one this clemson hanging on really close on that game you would might think watching you know just seeing the score of that game 34 28 uh clemson won, but it's you might think oh trevor lawrence didn't play so that's why the game was close but that's not really what the case i mean dj Angulalele is that how i say it mike i'm so bad with Uyunglele. That. Uyunglele. Uyunglele. i'm so bad with that sorry dj <laughs> that's okay Uh, he was actually really good. He played very, very well. He was not the reason why this game was close. What allowed BC to stay close in this game was Clemson really not playing defense all that well in the first half. They gave up three drives of 74 yards or more that resulted in touchdowns for BC in the first half. So BC was sustaining some long drives against them early. They had a couple big plays, but still three long drives. And then, of course, the Mm -hmm. the fumbled exchange between Uyunglele and Etienne. Uh, Whose fault is that? Eh, eh. you know it happened but anyways so that was obviously returned for td so but clemson woke up in the second half and dominated but i'm not if i'm clemson i'm not really worried i'm like you know games like this happen lawrence wasn't playing so maybe that did shake things up a little bit who knows even though it was really the defense's fault but second half that d was amazing so maybe they were looking ahead to notre dame who knows but and they had some players missing on defense too so yeah a little bit excusable all right. all right Trey what's,
1: well, what's your first takeaway you
2: went with Clemson I'll go with another top dog Ohio State they're they're really now through two weeks kind of in a league of their own in the Big Ten at this point um, it's I know it's kind of state in the obvious obvious but Justin Fields is just incredible there were multiple times throughout this Penn State game where the Nitty Lions would be an inch or a split second away from getting him and he'd end up converting it for a, a positive play it seemed like Every time Penn State had a chance to get back in the game, Fields would convert a third or fourth down. Like when you watch a game like this, you realize that if Ohio State just kind of had an average to above average quarterback, they'd still be really good. but they could have lost a game like this, but Fields is just such a difference maker. He is so I mean he's just a his mastery is, is obviously one of the reasons they're they're very good. but you look going forward now at this point. The Buckeyes are going to be favored at least two touchdowns in every game. It appears until the conference
0: title, it's it's pretty. Yeah, fair. they're way ahead. Penn State was the problem. You know, maybe the second best team, arguably the second best team, and they, you know, they had them there, their shot. Yeah, we'll see about Wisconsin if they can how that works out. But sure,
1: okay. I'm going to stick in the Big Ten and uh, stick with a team that had a chance to maybe supplant or to uh, yeah supplant Penn State as that. Number two team in the Big Ten, but they did not take advantage. Michigan, uh, my takeaway is that their seemingly incredible week one win at Minnesota was fool's gold. And we got a little bit of warning of that on Friday night because Minnesota's defense was, it just apparently stinks. They lost to Maryland 45 44. They lost on an, a missed extra point in overtime, which is a, a rough way to lose. But Maryland's offense just torched them. Talia Tungivalu, <laughs> now i'm messing up <laughs> yeah, you'd think i would have this name down he's yeah <laughs> i don't oh, know if wow. you guys know his older brother was a college football player as well oh wow yeah won his first but, nfl uh, start he yeah, did he Did no thanks to him uh so anyway he had nearly 400 yards on 11.3 yards per attempt jake funk was just dominating on the ground he he had 216 yards so Yeah, that was the warning sign that uh, maybe Michigan's offense wasn't as good as we thought. And sure enough, the next day, they lost as a three-touchdown favorite against Michigan State. And after 8.5 yards per play against Minnesota, uh, Michigan had a more pedestrian 5.3 against the Spartans. But honestly, just as concerning was the defense and and the secondary. Rocky Lombardi hit on a ton of deep balls. Uh, Ricky White, the, the true freshman, had 196 yards receiving. He was making some
0: great catches, so... Just a, a tough weekend for, for Harbaugh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was weird. I, we've, I, I did the Michigan last week on, the, on our takeaways, and I was like, hey, maybe they have something here. But then I, I did put a caveat, like, don't think Minnesota's D is that great. But Yeah, you know. yeah. And
1: we'll still see about the, the Michigan offense going forward. Like I said, 5.3 yards per play. That, that's not horrible uh, against yeah. a good Michigan State defense. And um, –
0: I don't know. I mean, well, it's only two games, so we'll see going forward. They're probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, All right, moving on to my second one here. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oh, My takeaway is I feel bad for Oklahoma State. Uh, That was a brutal, brutal loss for them. Of course, they lost 41-34 in overtime, but they were the better team in this game. They outgained Texas by nearly 250 yards. Texas really couldn't do much at all offensively, but... The Cowboys gifted the Longhorns five turnovers, four of them were fumbles, so it was a minus five in the turnover margin. Just, yeah, just brutal. And they roughed gonna... the roughed the punter one time. That's probably that much was, a turnover. Yeah, exactly. And it just, but it all those mistakes. It just goes to show you, like Oklahoma State is definitely better. They had those huge mistakes, but it's still went overtime. Texas yeah. still barely won and was manned barely. Texas beat them, had so. a kick return touchdown. Like just. It was a, yeah. flick. The, the, They're a very very fluke. They're very lucky to win. be in that game. Yeah, exactly. It, they shouldn't have won. Uh, Oklahoma State sucks because they, you know, they were legit, looking legit. They still are. I mean, they can easily go win the Big Twelve still, but playoff chances took a major, major hit there for them. So it's it's too bad. I wish. They, you know, just for Oklahoma State's sake, like this is seems like the stars have kind of aligned where they actually have a legit defense, and to lose Spen- like that, and hurts. Spencer Sanders, like he played really, really well. Yeah, he did. But then he had a couple. You're like,
2: oh, just yeah, you wish yeah. you could take him back. But in t- I saw Bill Connolly tweeted that Texas had a three percent post game win expectancy, which was yep. his lowest of the season so far, yeah. based on the stats. afterwards close to so. Penn State, right? That Penn State Indiana
1: game. Yeah, that. that was, yeah, depending on the metric, both you of looked those at. Were like, yeah. Wow, but Oklahoma and, State seemed more. And that Bill Connolly se like it's not surprising at all. We all watched the game closely, and yeah. it felt that way. Exactly. Yep. Yep.
2: Um, I'm going to go to the SEC. LSU. Um, maybe I'm underselling this. They're in, they're in big trouble this year.
0: Auburn just <laughs> pumped them.
2: <laughs>
1: oh well. I would say so.
2: Yeah, I
0: mean, two and three got but Alabama, Alabama I, left,
2: and I think people were Florida. still holding out kind of hope with the name, but they Auburn just punked them. They were they won forty eight yeah. to eleven. It was forty eight to three before Auburn kind of called off the dogs in the fourth quarter. Bo Nix had one of his best games of his career, really, and Auburn's offense that had been kind of weak through you know weaker than expected this year. They put up five hundred yards of offense on the defense, so they're sitting at two and three. Bo Pelini's defense job, is now ranked His defense is ranked 70th in SP+ plus, and listen to the offenses they still have to play. Alabama, yeah. Texas A&M, Ole Miss and Florida. Oh.
0: So, so <laughs> that's, that's row. murderer's
2: wow. row and so they're going to need Miles Brennan to get healthy so that they can try and at least maybe yeah. outscore something Finley teams, in this game. Otherwise, it's
1: it's yikes. Okay. Uh, my next takeaway, Bronco Mendenhall made the gutsiest call of of the weekend. So Virginia at one point was up 41-20 against North Carolina. But of course, in the fourth quarter, they always seem to come back. Uh, Sam Howell and Deami Brown led a great comeback. So they cut it to three. So Virginia's up three with the ball, fourth down at their own 43-yard line with two minutes left. And so you figure you just punt it away and, you know, hope to stop them. But they ran a fake punt. They snapped it to to Keaton Thompson. He ran to the right. It was totally covered over there. So he changed course, went left, and and somehow got the first down. So that was it. They could just kneel it out then. So that was very gutsy. Because if you don't get it, North Carolina is already almost in field goal range. Um, but you know, I, I'm not sure what the. I guess if you have a fake punt, you feel really good about. Then I think it is a a calc a good calculated decision because you can just like you say, you get two chances to win the game, kind of because you can end it right there like you literally win if you get that first down or even if you don't get it you you hope to you know have well, and that's a field one of those or?
2: and that's one of those times where the north carolina is not expecting a fake punt at all like there's some situations in a game mm-hmm. where you see teams run a fake punt and you're like that just wasn't going to work because they were in safe mode
1: but carolina was i was i would no one was expecting that no although they
0: covered it well like it looked like they, did. they had it but <laughs> keaton thompson yeah. made a great play yeah, that's that's a disappointing one for UNC right there. They've had a couple very disappointing losses early mm-hmm. in the year. So, uh, all right, moving on to my last one here. Uh, just I'm gonna say going over like Cincinnati and BYU. It's two uh, well, Indiana or BYU is a independent, but you know non Power Five teams here. They both just look, I mean, very 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 good. I guess kind of what I'm wondering is like, you know, what happens if they both go undefeated? I mean BYU's only got three games left. Biggest one coming up this week when they go to Boise, uh, and then they they do have the Aztecs at the end, which you know Aztecs are pretty good too. But then you got Cincinnati, who's demolishing teams like teams that they're supposed to be neck and neck with in the conference, like SMU and Memphis. Like they were supposed to be contenders neck and neck. Cincinnati's just taking it to another level. So you know if they both went out, I mean they they both are going to make a New Year's six. You know if they both went out, like I would not think that would be that would be shocking if one of them missed out on that. But you know. Each week, like so, Oklahoma State just lost, right? It's like each week that somebody else loses and they dominate more and more. It's like okay, maybe, maybe they have a. Mm-hmm. I mean, since it, you know, I guess Cincy would have the edge, but over BYU, oh, yeah.
1: I, I got to think, yeah, because Cincinnati, the, BYU schedule. I mean, I know they're yeah. going to get now Boise and you know maybe hopefully SDSU is good, but like their yeah, schedule, unfortunately, it's just been garbage so far. Yeah, like um,
0: through no know. fault of their own, it was supposed to be really no. good.
1: Yeah, it's not their fault. It, it sucks, but but since yeah. he has a you know with the, all those AAC foes a, a reasonable schedule and they got to play more games, right? So
0: yeah, if they were just scooting by, maybe and like BYU was dominating, but Cincy's dominating too, is the thing. So yeah, they've they've turned it up a notch. Like you said, the the offense the last two weeks has yeah. gone I mean, to another level, blowing out Memphis and SMU. Like that's they separated. They got UCF left. Uh, yeah, at, at UCF. UCF. I mean, they're not that. That's the thing
1: is we're all talking about Cincinnati. They're still, I would put it well under fifty percent that they will win out. Like they, st- even just at UCF right now, since he might be a slight favorite, but it, if they are, it wouldn't be by much. Yeah, and they have to play the conference title game mm-hmm. as well. So, so yeah, yeah they've got a still a tough road. Yep.
2: Uh, okay. Um, I'm gonna go to my last takeaway is Louisville. They're one of the biggest disappointments this year. Uh, they lost at home to Virginia Tech this weekend, and that's that's not a terrible loss. But they're now two and five, only one and five in the ACC at this point. And all of us on here, and a lot of people throughout the country, were were fairly bullish on Scott Satterfield's squad. Um, but we know we knew their defense was going to be a liability. But I, I don't think we quite envisioned it would be maybe this this poor. Uh, they. They have some winnable games remaining, but even if they won out, which I think they're an underdog this weekend, but even if they won out, they'd only finish 500 in the conference. So pretty underwhelming
1: ACC or a Louisville run yeah. this year. They're already guaranteed to go under their win total.
2: Their yeah. win
1: total was seven. Not great. Uh, well, a team that uh, does have a pretty good chance of winning out, I think, is Oklahoma. So they yeah. just murdered Texas Tech this wow, past weekend. Wow, that's brutal yeah they did uh got a couple couple guys back from suspension uh ronnie perkins on defense the key player there ramondre steven stevenson at running back had a good game and here's the remaining schedule so you got kansas uh and then oklahoma state at home obviously that's the the toughest one but it's at home at west virginia and baylor there's a reasonable chance i mean you know they could go four and oh there so
0: oklahoma state is the you know toughy the other's Mm -hmm. Feel pretty good about them winning they, them. at home to Baylor and at home to Kansas. I would be shocked at West Virginia. You never know. <laughs> yeah, West Virginia is possible. Yeah, but anyway, uh yeah. Then, yeah, they, so. then they're right there on the Big Twelve title, probably if they title game if they win out. Yeah, because right? Oklahoma State has lost.
1: I don't know if they control their destiny. I guess they can't Iowa because Iowa State, K State, still have one loss. Iowa lost. State, K State, but if OU wins
0: out, I would think it's very, very likely of those teams. OU's yeah. in the in the in the Big Twelve championship. Mm-hmm. As soon as you count them out, the boom they're right back there boomer yep all right well (laughs) okay blank stares there okay
1: i got Uh, anything else anything else from the weekend uh i did want to bring up rutgers almost having the most miraculous cover in the history of college football they they ran a play if you haven't seen it yet you've got to google it they ran a play where they were doing tons of laterals you know it just it got insane and somehow they scored a touchdown to cover but they called it back they said there was a an illegal forward pass which i guess i i it was watched close. the replay and i saw the the one that they must have called it was close like yeah i was, it was watching really it on youtube close. so i wasn't able to scrub slowly to to see it clearly but it was close it's too bad okay uh let's get to our segment so we went to instagram and requested some questions from the listeners so thanks to everyone who who asked us questions. We're getting to three of our favorites for this episode, but we're also going to have uh, an entire Q and a episode in the next week on Patreon. So if you want to support us there for five bucks a month, you'll get another episode uh, in the coming week. And along with 10 plus episodes that we've recorded in our back- backlog. So would really appreciate your support there. But first question here comes from Carter Glenn Pilster. He says, just a down year for LSU due to inexperience or will they be bad for a couple years
2: well i mean i kind of voiced my opinion a little earlier at least on this year's lsu team um a lot of it of course is inexperience i'm not shocking this up to this is what their future is going to look like um they're they're recruiting insanely well but i would be a little concerned cuz like edo was Going into you know what was it last year he wasn't like on the safest seats and obviously he had that incredible run but the further you get away from that with with the you know losing guys like Joe Brady obviously like Joe Burrow um, if Pelini can't a form a, a a defense yeah so there was a a lot of losses not just from the player side which obviously that was a huge part but but now I guess what I'm trying to say is that he is going to have to prove himself as the coach at O not just the recruiter because he's going to have to develop some of this talent if they want to get back into the
0: sec race. Uh, I don't think they're in trouble, uh, you know, long-term here. Um, I think this is just due to inexperience, experience, uh, due to a ton of guys being gone. They had best team of all time for their team LSU and they lost just every single person. Like it's a brand new team this year, inexperience everywhere, young players, uh, some injuries at the beginning of the year. So They've been dealt a bad hand in that regard. I mean, you can forgive it just because of the amazing year last year. But you—it's—it's it's all about talent. Like it's—it's it's, that's what college football is about. It's about talent. They have it. They're gonna still have it. This just needs a little more seasoning. 2019, 2020, both of those recruiting classes top five. 2021 is currently fourth. 2022, the following year, they're actually number one already. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna get back to top fifteen type team. You know, they'll go win at least eight plus games each year normally. So they'll be very, very good. I and mean, they're not going to ever go 15 and oh and be that good. I mean, they, they're not going to dominate like it's they unlikely, did last year, but yeah. they're going to be in contention for the West and normal year. So I'm not worried about this year. We we knew that. I mean, most of us, like, you know, people that anticipate, I mean, we maybe didn't anticipate really this quite bad, but we're not, yeah. su- I'm not surprised. Yeah. What they do have going for them too, also next
1: year, um, is that the non-conference is a total joke. They've got at UCLA, McNeese State, Central Michigan, and ULM. So the win total next year will get a nice boost from from that non-conference. probably the best team in that group.
0: What's that? Central Michigan's probably the best team Uh, in that group. Well, I don't know about that. Central's got a promising future. They should be pretty good this year and next year, too. Uh, But anyway, so,
1: but the thing is, like, what are they going to go? Four and six, you know, maybe at best this year could um probably at best yeah so and they're 42nd in sp plus right now there's only so much of a jump that you expect any team to make in in one year so next year it's possible but it's hard to envision them being you know a legit top 10 team that would be i think a very impressive job by coach o if he can do that but so let's say next year they lose three plus games then suddenly you're five years you know full seasons into coach o's tenure and you're looking back and Four of those five years have been three plus losses. Now, it's understandable. It's the SEC West, and you want the one year that wasn't. You went fifteen and zero. So obviously, it's still a great tenure so far. But what's the fan base going to going to think heading into that sixth year? I know I'm really looking ahead, but it's just something to look ahead to because I think we might get to that point.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, people bring up Gene Chiswick, You know, he had that one Cam Newton year and then mm-hmm. but everything else was kind of average but i mean like ryan said their talent's going to be so good to where it's like at at worst they would have those three losses but that's not what lsu wants they're going to want yeah two at most and a chance for the conference championship so
1: right
0: so okay i think we presented both sides well there let's get to the next question okay ryan. yeah next question all right from uh hunter jc42 he asks uh of the current top 10 Uh, who among them have the best and worst chance of making it to the college football playoff okay so let's let's go through this together so
1: let's start with the best the best chance ohio state you say ohio state ryan i say bama i say bama as well uh so you lose trey uh (laughs) no the reason is they just they have a a favorable remaining schedule i think maybe only four games left um and i also think is, is it more than that no, the, no 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 i'm I'm, oh. I'm waiting to hear your guys Oh, are you res- waiting to hear my 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 case okay yeah so i think they almost assuredly not not 100 but very close have a loss to burn because if they if they yeah. lose one of these regular season games and then win in the conference title against georgia they're 100 percent in and if they go yep. undefeated in the regular season and say lose close to georgia or florida in the sec title i still think there's a really good chance they're in so okay, that
2: that's fair. I was kind of more looking at the
1: terms guess. of like unbeaten. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no, okay. I agree. So you you what about for Ohio State? Why why'd you go with them?
2: Well, the reason I the reason I kind of flinched on on Bama because I didn't consider the loss factor, but I was thinking, okay, well they still have to play Auburn, who I know it's not the same Auburn, and then Florida or Georgia. But all right, um Ohio State. I just I kind of laid it out earlier. They're going to be a double digit favorite in the rest of the regular season really arguably their toughest game is it's either Indiana or Michigan and you know, stranger things have happened, but then, and then on the mm-hmm. West for them to play in the big 10 championship, um, maybe Wisconsin, we don't know how their COVID thing's going to sit, sh- shake out. Um, if it's not Wisconsin, then the, the West winner is going to be kind of a joke. So, yeah. uh, but you're right. The Ohio State doesn't have as much leeway in but terms they, of the loss with a shorter season. They probably but, have but, a greater chance of going
0: undefeated than Bama. that's what I yeah, yeah right. That's the way uh, I was looking at it. it a you're right, right. Yeah, different question. You're right. But
1: Ohio State too probably there's a good chance they have a loss to burn if it comes in the regular season. I who knows? But if they lose one game in the regular season and then win the Big Ten title, I think there's very high still chance probably in yeah yeah. yeah. So it, it's close between those two. Uh, okay, now worst chance. I think this is even harder uh this to me was between a&m and byu did either of you guys have another team in there or i put byu by the way i should list off the top 10 for the listeners so here, yeah, here's go the, ahead here's the top yeah. ten teams clemson alabama ohio state notre dame georgia cincinnati texas a&m florida byu and wisconsin okay so so go ahead ryan
0: yeah i'm saying bama i put cincy and bama as the the worst you mean two. mean byu oh what did i say Bama. Bama. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bama's got no chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati and BYU uh, is the worst. Just It's just, how can you put anybody, have them above teams that have a realistic shot above them? Like Florida, only one loss. A&M, only one loss. Wisconsin, still undefeated. And, you know, if they managed to play enough games and went out, they're no doubt in. Georgia, won't, so it's, I just don't think BYU has, they need so much chaos in front of them for it to for them to make it, like a ton. Yeah, so I
1: think well, if you if you had it down to Cincy and BYU Ryan, then I would just go with BYU because
0: hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, that's what I mean. I, I had that's what yeah I say BYU. BYU but I'm just yeah. saying those were my last two right of the top ten. Okay, but what about you? Trey? well,
2: um, I it was between like you Michael BYU and A uh, and M, and I think and if you're probably gonna mention the point that A and M
1: they need Bama to lose twice, right? So, well, I mean, to, or some sort of chaos. They could go, they nine, could go, and go nine and one, and and just be nine and one, and and still make it, even if they don't make the conference title. That they would fair. need some help yeah. for sure. That's fair. But yeah, yeah but I mean, my my, my twice, answer yeah. for sure is BYU. Uh, but A
2: and M is it, it's an uphill climb, and they can't afford any any blemishes, and maybe get a little luck.
1: But Michael, what do you have anything yeah. else to add to? A&M? I guess I'll ultimately since you guys both think BYU that kind of sways me I was kind of 50 50 between A&M and BYU I'll say BYU because yeah they just need I mean they need a ton more help than A&M yeah that's for sure uh to to get in there but they're also way more likely to win out than A&M so I'm
0: kind of having trouble balancing those true it's kind of
1: A&M still has a lot of work left to do
0: but yeah but they have all the teams in front of them have to lose for them to jump up. And, and the, teams <laughs> BYU, yeah. Yeah, yeah, BYU the teams behind them. BYU, yeah. Yeah, BYU teams
2: behind them.
1: Good point. They're almost impossible, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they schedule somebody else
0: somehow. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Don't count on a Big Ten team. No. All right. Next question. All right. Let's... Oh, Trey, sorry. Trey's up.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. From The Digital Drifter. Do you think the CFP committee will value total games played versus record? So an example, a
0: 5-0 and Wisconsin versus a 6-1 and USC. I don't think amount of games is going to be a huge factor. Um, it's just they can't hold it against teams for not being able to play. Um, and then they're, I feel like the committee's always, in the, pre- the years that we've had the committee, I've always felt like they've done a pretty good job of just picking the best team. Regardless of any external factors, could be losses, could be weird situations. Like they always, uh, sometimes this this who they play, who they lose to. Like they just do a good job of assessing. I think who's the best team, and if five and zero Wisconsin to them is looking like the best team, I think they'll pick them. But I don't think they're gonna weigh total games versus record. You know, so in that scenario, five and zero Wisconsin. I don't even th- know if the Big Ten will change it. But I thought they had to play like six games to make the big 10 title game but maybe they adjust but yeah who knows what could happen but the answer to answer the question it's just i don't think they're gonna really I, tell, go either way on that i think i kind of generally agree with
1: you i just think it's i think it's a factor i just don't think it's a a huge factor okay fair enough like so i'll say this in a vacuum i would definitely rather be five and oh than six and one i don't think playing two extra games is worth adding a loss to your resume right yeah maybe and, if you're 11 and (laughs) one i was gonna say yeah if you're 10 and one versus five and oh then i'd probably rather be 10 and one i think that is absolutely yeah that volume of games is gonna be you know 10 and one record is generally more impressive than going five and oh so um yeah that's that's my thoughts on it Fair. i i totally agree with what you you have to say okay but let me give you guys a really tough scenario here so let's say who knows how it happens but let's say ohio state only plays five games. And they they're a dominant five and O. They look as great as they've looked, you know, these first two games. And they're up against for that fourth spot a ten and one Oklahoma State team. Mm. Who does the committee choose? And Oklahoma State, you know, oh. wins close or they win like the you know they've been winning. Ohio State. You think they go Ohio State? What do you think, Trey?
0: I for think better.
2: Ohio State. Only, and whether it's fair or unfair, because one of the metric or one of the things that the committee tends to probably evaluate is metrics. And Ohio State, no matter what their record is, if they, no, I mean, no matter of how many few games they play, they're going to be one of the top two, three teams. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that, it's, I it's a
1: tough, to, tough call though. It's very tough. That's why I asked you guys because yeah. I don't know who they would choose. That is so tough. But because at some point you do Ohio have to State. consider though,
2: like uh 11 games i mean yeah it's unlucky that ohio state only got to play five but that the was resume the is the resume they were dealt like yeah i mean that's
0: it's a weird are saying like you know somebody like uh let's just say like purdue or something like we're talking another big 10 team that could go undefeated in a short amount of games mm-hmm. but it's purdue no chance right. i don't think i think they would take what if it's ohio state they're yeah. taking Ohio State. I mean, ultimately, they 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 could very well fall back on that.
1: You know, they've got all those metrics and all those you know strength yeah. of schedule and all those things. But it says best team. It says they're choosing the best team. If that's really what they yeah, want yeah. to be doing, then Ohio State is one of the four best teams. We could already pretty much say that. Yeah, but
2: we'll see. I mean, we won't. It's hopefully, though, we won't see. I don't think we will. But if you did, but if you did one of those like blind resumes, and they said their only win was at penn state which isn't it's obviously not a bad that's a good win but if that's all that they had yeah like oklahoma state would have beaten oklahoma right yeah and the big 12 championship so that i guess if now the more i think about it it's hard I know. it's <laughs> tough i don't know what they would do i don't know because i agree i, mean, I would say Ohio State is clearly better than average state team. yeah no ohio state is clearly better than oklahoma state but when you look at it over the whole scope that's where the the scenario gets that's
0: why i think it's different if you're talking about a purdue or a wisconsin right rather than ohio state very true yeah all right that was a fun hypo
1: uh let's get into our week 10 picks and we're gonna start with maction we have uh wednesday night all 12 teams in the mac are playing what is your best bet on wednesday night so i'm actually i'm gonna lay
2: a bunch of points on toledo to beat bowling green um I liked them a little more when this was it was 19 yesterday, but I think it's up to 22 right now. This is more just a play though against Bowling Green because I think this they could be one of the worst teams in college football. They they lost a couple quarterbacks. They were already a terrible offense last year. They only averaged 16 points a game. The defense isn't supposed to show anything. Scott Leffler is heading into year two, just not seeing much hope. Toledo. Also, they should have one of the better offenses on the Mac. Eight starters returning, Eli Peters at quarterback, four starters on the offensive line. I think
0: they're just going to obliterate Bowling Green here. Very well could happen, yep. Um, all right, I'm going to take uh, Northern Illinois, uh, the Huskies. They're getting 10.5 at home against Buffalo. I think NIU kind of has a bounce-back year this year. Last year was kind of a weird year, it seemed like, for them. Uh, a big key for them would be Ross Bowers, if he can stay healthy. Um and he should be a pretty solid player he's obviously a cow transfer um the offense should improve a ton they got eight starters back defense returns the entire front seven essentially they do lose everybody in the secondary but again for, i've mentioned this before i'd rather lose my secondary than my front seven um and
1: well, i feel like there's Buffalo's more getting, guys
0: in the front seven so i guess yeah <laughs> yeah well, fair, fair, fair enough mike no i know bill I connelly though with his
1: uh with his secondary projections losing guys in the secondary at least predictively, and in, in sp plus is more of a negative to a defense than losing players either in the d-line or linebacking core uh which is interesting but yeah when you combine the front seven then i'll go with your go with your <laughs> which point which is what i did yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh all right well that's interesting i didn't know that um all right, right but i'm sure he, he's right uh i <laughs> can <yeah. laughs> argue with him I gonna argue with him he did a lot of data
2: uh all right uh but Ryan, you're going up against Lance Leopold, Jarrett
0: Patterson, Kevin Marks. They got good. Yeah, that's the thing. Backs. I think they're getting a little too hyped. Maybe I mean, not like they're getting a ton of hype, but like they were good last year because of that offensive line. Their line was really, really good. They were the best rushing team in the conference, but they lose three really good offensive linemen. Um so they were the number one rushing team and they were the number one rushing defense. Then they lose two quality D tackles. So I just don't think they're going to be able to dominate the trenches as much. Northern no, no, I think, will make it interesting. I still think Buffalo's going to be good, but I just think this game will be close.
1: Okay. Uh, I picked a different game. I'm going to go with Ohio. They're pick right now at Central Michigan. I just like the the consistency of Ohio under, under Frank Solich. Basically, the entire team is back, except Nathan Rourke, <laughs> who you could kind of argue was the entire team. He's great. But uh, his little brother... Could get the start at quarterback. He's a redshirt freshman, which is, is interesting. Uh, or the transfer from UNLV, Amar, Armani Rogers. Uh, and the on the other side, the expected quarterback for Central Michigan, David Moore, is suspended for the beginning of the season. They also lost, crucially, their two starting corners. One of them to transfer. Another got kicked off the team. So I think that could make things a little bit easier for uh, you know breaking in a first-year quarterback for Central Michigan, or for Ohio.
2: All right. Yeah. One, other, one other Mac point I did want to bring up uh Kent State I like Dustin Crum he's one of my favorite
1: quarterbacks Sean Lewis the head coach is doing a great job they're kind of ahead of schedule there Dustin Crum almost made our top 15 quarterbacks nationally in the offseason right I forgot about that he had an amazing season last year all right now over to the Pac-12 which of course I don't think we've even mentioned on this episode yet is getting its start this week we just did our Pac-12 uh season preview episode so check that out in your podcast app or here on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, which Pac-12 underdog do you like
0: whoa, the most whoa, this whoa, weekend? Whoa. Hold your horses here, Mike. You missed a game. Oh, I missed a all game. We can flip it. We can flip it. Oh, we'll flip it. We'll flip.
1: <laughs> Should we flip it? All Let's all flip, flip it. Let's flip it. Let's all flip right. it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live. Uh, all right. Arizona state at USC. Thank you for that. Ryan though. Uh, yeah. Arizona state's plus 11. Uh, Stanford is plus plus ten and a half at oregon and arizona is plus 14 at utah i'll i'll go first here i'm I'm gonna take arizona state uh, at usc 11 is just a lot of points and even though i'm relatively low on arizona state this year compared to most people they still have Jaden daniels they still have you know uh frank darby who's a great receiver i think that connection could be could be a, a threat for sure to to a usc defense uh they likely have a solid defense themselves so as a USC fan, let's just say I'll be happy with any size win. A ten point win, I'll take it right now.
2: Yeah. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you, Mike. Uh, the other thing is this game's at nine a.m. local time. Kind of weird. Never been done before. Who knows what's going to happen? And that we know that ASU's supposed to have a decent defense and mm-hmm. LSU, or I mean LSU, USC's kind of Achilles' heel last year was keeping Keaton, Keaton Slovis upright so if they can generate a little pressure and and get get pressure on him and then also Todd Orlando's defense for USC could be still adjusting to a new system but I'm like you though I'm not expecting a ton from ASU this year but they could it wouldn't shock me if they gave him a
0: scare okay uh I'm gonna go a different game here I'm gonna take uh, Arizona uh, they're getting, they're the 14 point underdog at Utah. I like Arizona's offense. I just think they're going to be able to put up some points against a defense that is breaking in like nine new players, nine new starters. So I don't think Arizona's defense is all that good. They're actually pretty horrible and they're going to be very bad. But again, Utah, little uncertain of who's going to be the quarterback, whoever it is. I don't think they're going to be nearly as dependable as Tyler Huntley was. And they don't have Zach Moss. They're not going to be able to move the ball as consistently nowhere near so I think Arizona, with that offense, is they're going to be able to keep this one interesting. I think so. I'm, I'm taking, I'll, t- I'll take the Wildcats there. I like that. We didn't
1: mention it in the Pac-12 preview, but Utah this year could almost be like a, like a mini version of of LSU in the sense that they yeah. just lost so much.
0: I mean, not as much as LSU, but so much from that team that maybe multi-year starters it wasn't just like a one-year wonder. It was like you know guys that have been around for three years. Yeah. Like, I know the culture is really great there with Whittingham, and he rec- he's been recruiting well, so maybe they'll they'll still be good, but there's the chance that the bottom falls out. Yeah, they'll regress, but they'll, they'll come back, and, you know, they always do that. They always seems like they have a really good year, come back a little bit, then peak up, peak up, peak up, and boom. Um,
1: what, I thought it was interesting, that Oregon line, though, because Oregon is yeah. less of a favorite against Stanford at home than USC is against ASU yeah i agree that was a little it. telling
2: yeah i yeah, mean is, right? is
1: the market saying that
2: i mean it's hard to think s- people's the stanford name I, I, somehow still carries a little bit of weight i mean i think they'll be they'll improve a little bit from last year but stanford gets some respect
1: mm-hmm. yeah they got, they got a lot of talent and had a lot of injuries so we'll see if they're how, how good they are uh but okay let's go backwards in time to friday because we've got a huge it game is. BYU yeah. is a three-point favorite
0: at Boise State. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean this is exciting. I'm glad both uh, this game was able to be scheduled. Of course, uh, we, we, we're all glad that this game is going to be able to be played. Boise they look solid the last couple of weeks. They beat Air Force last week and then whooped up on Utah State the week before. But the question for them is coming into this game is you know who's it may not it may not matter, but who the quarterback's going to be. Uh, Jack Sears played last week at uh, Air Force, filling in for the for Hank Bachmeyer and Sears was awesome last week. He was about as good as you can be. Um, so whoever plays, you know, they'll probably they'll be good. Um, but uh, so it seems like BYU will have to kind of be ready for both quarterbacks. They don't really know overall in the game though. I'm going to take BYU uh, Boise last week. They were actually outgained by air force. So, you know, it, they actually had a, they had a kick return TD also so it just made that game. It was forty nine to thirty, but it really was even closer than that uh, than the score indicated. And I just think Boise they're a little young on both lines, so I think BYU their experience and their age um, <laughs> I think that'll give them give them some edge there. Uh, so I think they'll they'll cover the three points. Yeah, that's that's definitely a risk is is line play. I am going to go with with Boise to
1: you know I think it'll be a close game, so I am going to take three points. But that is the risk because BYU's line play has been very good this year, especially that offensive line and. Boise State hasn't been tested like, like that yet, so we will see. And you're right, they lost a lot of starters on, on, on both fronts. Um, but just for me, I guess, it's because BYU's schedule has been so poor. You know, the one time they, they, they haven't played anybody that's currently in the top 50 in SP+. Plus, and their, their toughest game was probably at Houston. And going into the fourth quarter, they were actually trailing that game. They did, you know, kind of explode in that fourth quarter. But I think a good team like Boise can, can hang, with, uh, hang with BYU
2: yeah um the other to add on to that the best defense that they played statistically is western kentucky so this is going to be their their toughest challenge so far um and uh the dimitri the thing i i'm also taking boise but another risk that you f- uh have to factor in is boise also lost dimitri washington he's a stud on their defense he left the last game with injury i I don't know if it's if he's out for the year or not, or if he's out just for this game or not even. Maybe he'll be back. So obviously, Ryan, you touched on whether it's the the quarterbacks or their lines, but uh, I'm still going to take three points at home.
1: And by the way, I, I think it's just so obvious that we didn't bring it up, but uh, Zach Wilson for BYU, not a bad quarterback. He's having yeah, never heard of him, an insane yeah, year, he's incredible. So legit Heisman candidate, and he's got a great receiving core: Gunner Romney, Dax Mill, and having huge years. So yeah that's that's mm-hmm. that's why they're a, a deserving favorite yeah, on the be road able to
2: move, but i am i'm so glad this is on friday night
1: like i'm looking oh. so forward to this game yeah it's gonna be a great week it is oh this is a yeah this is a great weekend so uh okay michigan minus three at indiana we'll work our way up to the to the top games but uh trey what do you think here Whoa, whoa, whoa michael did you i you skip, skip something up? else are you kidding me no yeah i'm just kidding oh <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> you got me wow <laughs> <far. laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, of course we
2: all know the Wolverines need to bounce back or they're going to be hearing a lot of rumors the rest of the year. If they don't, uh, they can't afford a one and two start while being, while being favored in all three of the games. We, we, we touched on the offense earlier. It's not fully po- polished with, with Gattis. They weren't able to bust those big runs like they were, uh, against Minnesota and, and Milton threw it 51 times and Harbaugh and Gaddis know that that's not a good recipe uh, and they're they're not going to win a ton of games if they need to have him huck it that much. The Hoosiers' defense it's not quite as good as Sparty, but it's still a formidable unit. Compound that with an offense on paper that is pretty good with Michael Penix and Wop Fillier.
0: I think the Hoosiers can hang, and I'll I'll take them as a dog at at home here. All right, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Michigan. I, I I think they can get a, a little bit of a improvement off of last week. Last week, rivalry game. Sparty's got a solid D, some talent think they can kind of wash that out and uh, maybe get a little happy medium between the Minnesota game and Michigan State. Whereas Indiana, I, I just don't trust them. I don't trust Penix really. I, I know he had a, you know, a decent game obviously last week and then Penn State, he wasn't, he just wasn't very good. Uh, I think Michigan does have a good defense. I know they kind of had some leaky play against uh, Michigan State, but they're still a good a good unit. I think they'll get better. So I think I'll take the talent. I'll take the, the Joe Milton. I'll take Michigan to kind of bounce back on this one yeah i'm
1: with you ryan i'm gonna i guess sell high on indiana and maybe buy low on michigan um i thought indiana that that penn state win we talked about it they got you know outperformed significantly a at loss. least by the predictive stats they won the turnover battle last week three to zero against rutgers and still you know didn't blow them out struggled to cover no didn't didn't quite blow them out so yeah i'll just bet on uh michigan to bounce back against what i think is not you, you mentioned Trey, not quite as good a defense as as michigan state uh Florida plays Georgia in
0: Jacksonville and Georgia's favored three and a half. Uh what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, definitely a contrast in styles here, Florida and their high powered offense, but going up against Georgia and their are really good D. You know, in this day and age of college football, I'm gonna lean with the better offensive team. Um Georgia really struggled last week against Kentucky. I mean, they only put up fourteen points. That's you know, and Kentucky's defense is solid, but they've had some gashing games where they didn't look so very good this year. So most of them Ole Miss anybody, but so that Georgia offense really worries me. I, I don't know if they're just going to be able to blow out and ex- they don't necessarily need to blow out, but I don't know if they can really extend much of an elite here. Stetson Bennett, it seems his kind of boost that he had at the beginning of the year, cause kind of wearing off, he's kind of showing that he's a reason why he was about third string when the season started. So I, I'm not confident in them being able to uh, put up a ton of points on Florida, really on anybody. So, I like think it's gonna be a super close game, low scoring ish type of game. But I got to take the three and a half points of Florida. It's just kind of a when I look at the two quarterbacks, you got Kyle Trask who's playing great, and you got Stetson Bennett. That's mm-hmm. that's hard to give points in that that uh, when you consider the quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I, I hear you. I think this will be a, a close game as well. Um, I think Florida's defense. You know, if they want to win this game, they should. They got to hope that that Missouri performance last weekend was was telling uh that they're improving and it wasn't just cuz they were playing Missouri uh, cuz even with some players missing last weekend with with covid they had I think 15 guys out overall still played played really well they got Kyrie Campbell back on the defensive line he'd he'd been out all year i think that's huge hopefully they'll be getting some of those players back from quarantine that would just help for depth in this game and uh but they will be without a starter on the D line, Zachary Carter, for the first half, because of course that brawl. We haven't brought up the brawl, yeah, have we yet? Right? Yeah. In in last Not week's game. Moment. Yeah, Dan Mullen was uh got a little crazy there <laughs> going after yeah, uh, for the Mullen the, lost the refs. his uh, attitude there for a sec. He got heated. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He did, for sure. But uh but anyway, uh I think the losses on George's defense are are even bigger here because you need all hands on deck. Even with that great Georgia defense to to slow down Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, just amazing Florida offense. So Georgia's star nose tackle Jordan Davis is out. Uh, another D lineman Julian Rochester out. Their starting safety Richard LeCount had a, a scary motorcycle accident uh, this past weekend. He'll be out, but thankfully he seems like he's going to make a, a full recovery. Their other starting safety Lewis seen is dealing with an ankle sprain. So there's just enough issues on that. That Georgia defense. That I think Florida can can have some success. So that's why, you know, I don't know if they'll win, but I'll take three and a half. Yep, uh, clean sweep. I'm taking the Gators as well. Just <laughs> totally. Wait on that. What did I say? I think we're at, I think we're having a delay yeah. or something because Trey, you po- there was like five seconds before you responded, <laughs> but I'll I'll fix that. Next. Oh wow! Don't worry.
2: Got it. I'm gonna take the Gators as well, though. Like I said, uh, I just cannot stand, not cannot stand. You guys threw me off <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that the Georgia offense. Like, where is where is JT Daniels? He just he it is his, did his leg fall off? Like he can <laughs> He must. Yes. It be hurt. Th- I guess I don't know. It's a good it's question. So bizarre. Um, but I just think it's gonna hold them back, and they could I'm, they could beat Florida, but I, in the long run, I think it's just gonna hold them back, and. Because we know the Gators can be a little vulnerable on defense, Michael. But you touched on how how well they played. But I don't think they can be that Georgia is, can expose them enough. So I think this is the year the Gators end that Georgia streak. I'm going to make Florida my. Ooh, luck. I like it.
1: Uh, I do too. Uh, okay, next game, another huge game. Yeah. Clemson minus five and a half at Notre Dame, and I'm going to take Clemson here. I, I know they're dealing with. Several key pieces, you know, being out themselves. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, of course, still out with uh, with COVID. Uh, but Uyengalilay played great last weekend, and on defense, there's there's no James Skalski at linebacker. Maybe no Tyler Davis on the D line, but ultimately, I, I just still trust Clemson's talent overall in a big game. We saw them murder Miami earlier this year when you thought, ah, eh, maybe maybe Miami can give them a game. Uh, even a couple of years ago, going back to. Notre Dame against Clemson in the playoff, and yeah. Ian Book-led Notre Dame team just got absolutely crushed 30-3. to I know these are different teams, but I don't know. It's still the, the same programs. It's still the same coaches. So um, for that reason, I, yeah, like I said, the trust factor with Clemson is there. That's, that's fair.
2: Uh, you know, I think the timing
1: of the Lawrence
2: thing actually worked out as well as it could, in a sense, going into this game in the sense that Uyunglele got a full game Uh, To kind of work the kinks out, get familiar with the game speed, see some obviously some real game time. But the challenge for Clemson is that BC was able to key in and slow down their rushing attack. Only got they only Clemson only had 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, There's no reason to think that the Irish defense can't at least somewhat replicate that. Um, And then Michael, you just you mentioned Skalski being out the, the linebacker for Clemson. Like he is arguably one of their quarterbacks on that defense he's a leader there and one of the veterans so that's that's gonna be his presence will be missed um, especially against a running back like Karen Williams he's been running the ball well lately and before the season I liked this spot for Notre Dame so I'm gonna kind of stick with it so I'm gonna take the Irish
0: uh, I'll disagree with Trey. I'm I'm going to take Clemson. Also, like Michael did. Uh, like I said, the tr- like Michael said, the trust factor is just a huge one in this game. Most you know these big type of moments for Notre Dame hasn't necessarily been their their strong suit. You know, lately. Um, I mean, yeah. Clemson is of course a, a tough animal to to deal with, but I'm not worried about Uyunglele. He was awesome last week, and I think he's going to be great again in this in this game. Uh, and I think you'll see a little bit more of. A, I know Clemson struggled to run the ball against BC, but I think once they get up for this one a little bit, I think that'll be. I think they'll have more success against Notre Dame. And I just think that defense at Clemson maybe have gotten their wake up call last week, also. So how good they were in the second half, they just completely stifled uh, BC. So I think Notre Dame, which has been, been inconsistent on offense this year, they've had a couple of games where it's been like, what's going on? They did, hardly could have moved the ball against Louisville. So I think Clemson can kind of slow them down i don't think they have enough weapons on the outside to really kind of push the push it deep on them and expose them so i'm gonna say clemson yeah notre Dame's offense hasn't been explosive this Mm -hmm. this year yet
1: but to trey's point another difference between these two teams obviously other than trevor lawrence not being there uh this time is that is it
0: 100 he's not playing this game
1: yeah Dabo said he's he's okay i missed that Dabo said yeah he's not gonna play but um the difference is that uh, Clemson's receiving core. Like a couple years ago, they had what? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, T. Higgins T. Higgins and uh, Justin Ross. Ross. And okay. now, I don't even, I'm not even sure if, I think uh, last game they were missing Ladson and, uh, and Goda. I'm not sure um, if one or both of them are going to be back. But, but either way, the, the receiving core is clearly not what it was a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Yeah. We got Washington at Cal cal is favored by one in this game what do you think trey
2: yeah the the spread the spread's pretty crazy to me Uh, a lot of metrics and power ratings would point to washington being the better team uh they're kind of more computer darlings than than cal is uh so it kind of makes me think i'm a sucker for taking washington i i wanted to take cal when when last week the opener was washington favored around five or six but uh yeah same but i'm gonna i'm gonna take the huskies here um getting getting one point point. We laid out in the Pac-12 preview that Garber's clearly makes the Cal offense better, but they're transitioning from a, a spread to a more pro-style attack, so that could be a challenge in Game One up against a, a good Washington yep. defense with under Jimmy Lake. Um, on the other side, the Husky offense is a big question mark, of course, but it's important to remember Cal is losing guys on the defense, most notably like guys like Evan Weaver, Luke Beckett transferred um linebacker Tevin Paul opted out you know Wilcox he'll generally get the most out of a defense but I think they could regress a little bit this season and that offensive shift is a question mark so I'm I'm gonna take the Huskies
0: I agree with you Trey I know Michael tried to make the point that he thought maybe Cal's defense could be a little bit better this year than they were last year they didn't necessarily have they kind of a little bit underperformed maybe as we, what we thought from last year but I I don't agree with that assessment I think they're gonna be worse um just too many players (laughs) we also didn't mention ashton davis they lost some good key secondary players as well uh but i'm trust you dub i trust their i know they've lost a couple times in a row to cal but let's not you know overreact to super close losses right i think washington just has the better team Uh, i think they have the more talent um i know their qb battle is a little bit concerning uh but again i think talent wins this game uh their defense is still going to be very very good i don't think cal is going to be able to move the ball all that well Give me UW plus a point here.
1: Okay. Um, I do think this this line, like you said, Trey, is is interesting. And honestly, if I could go back to our, uh, our Pac-12 preview, I might put now Washington and Cal on the same tier. It was already – that was a very close decision to make because um, it's not a – I didn't think there was a huge difference between Washington and Cal. Um, but I trust – the betting market – you know, I definitely put a lot of weight into it because a lot of people think that the you know it's the sports books that know they they you know they always say Vegas knows, but really it's you know the betting market betting into these lines and the adjusting them is. that that makes it so hard to beat. And so I guess maybe we or I um, put a little too much stock into that six point look ahead line because that was a line that basically nobody bet into. You know, it was just a line that the sports book came up with. So the fact that the betting market has been seem to be betting Cal uh heavily here to move this line is meaningful to me uh but having said that the line is what it is and I will take Washington plus one um I, I see a, a low scoring game uh, a close game that I think the overrunner is like 43 and a half because you got oh wow two good defenses here um it's just you know Cal's offense could be better than Washington for sure I mean we don't know what John Donovan yeah. with his new system is going to be I agree um, I agree but the problem is i just don't know that yet but i do i am pretty convinced that washington's defense is is better than Cal's. so yes that that's why i lean washington here agreed agreed okay uh let's get to some that's and it's pac 12 after dark by the way that's oh that's awesome. right yeah that's the nightcap that's gonna be Ooh. awesome hey we've been missing 7 these late 30 night pacific games. time finally night games that's going to be awesome. All right, uh, let's get to the honorable mentions, Ryan.
0: Yes. All right. My first game uh, is well, maybe a game. Uh, Purdue at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored seven right now, um, b- but I don't. Doesn't sound like it's going to go. Uh, Wisconsin said they were up to twenty-two people out with that at COVID. Um, so you know, obviously they missed last week's game against Nebraska. I don't see how this game can be played there with the twenty-one day sit-out period for the Big Ten they're supposed to decide tomorrow so maybe as you're all listening to this podcast you'll may you may already know um but i would have to say it's going to be a no-go and i don't think the game after at michigan's a guarantee at this point either so anyways that's uh it's too bad for wisconsin but we'll see what happens tomorrow uh next game west virginia at texas texas favored six and a half west virginia of course just whooped up on k-state i mean what the heck's going on in the big 12 uh jared played really well he uh West Virginia ran the ball well, which was obviously their biggest thing they couldn't do last year. They were the worst like ever, um, <laughs> but consistency seems like an issue for them. You know, they lost an ugly game to Texas tech the week before. Then they go and beat Kansas state. I don't really trust them to be up a couple games in a row here. I'm uh, not high on Texas or anything, but uh, they did just have a nice win. They did beat Oklahoma state. So they're feeling good. Been doing some confidence. So, and they, they're in still in the big 12 race. So I'll take Texas minus six and a half. Uh, my third game, I got Liberty at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's favorite 14 and a half. That 14.5. Uh, Liberty's no joke. Uh, this is a high line to me, it seems. like Hugh Freeze has those guys playing really well. Quarterback Malik Willis has been awesome so far this year, former Auburn transfer, 67 completion percentage, 9-1 uh, to 1 touchdown to interception ratio, rushing for 100 yards a game. Liberty's going to score. West Virginia Tech's defense is not good. Liberty's going to put yeah. up points here. 14.5 too high uh, I, I, I really like that. I'm going to make uh, Liberty my luck of the week um, fourth game North Carolina favorite 10.5 at Duke very disappointing loss obviously from North Carolina last week against Virginia defense just not playing well they're just giving up too many points uh, giving up 44 to Virginia Ooh, it's a bad look so uh, I'm going to go with the Blue Devils. They they beat up on Charlotte last week, and Charlotte's not terrible. Uh, they ran the ball well, so I think they can put up some points against the North Carolina D that just isn't playing well. So I'll take those 10.5 points at home. My last game, UCLA's favorite six at Colorado. Tough game for me to pick since I'm low on both these teams, but I'm going to go with the Buffs. I'll take uh, the home dog there. UCLA's defense is going to be so bad that I, I just don't feel like they're going to be able to pull away from anybody Colorado's going to be able to move the ball and they have enough decent pieces. The buffs do on that defense. They got some decent players on that D line. Nate Landman's a good uh, linebacker. I think they'll be able to give some UCLA some trouble. Give me the buffs.
1: Okay. I got Oklahoma state minus 12 and a half at Kansas state. I actually came away from that uh, Texas game. We've talked about a a bunch this episode with an even higher opinion of Oklahoma state. Honestly, the way they, they kind of dominated everywhere, but the scoreboard, uh, and after seeing will howard for k-state really struggle against a good defense in west virginia i worry about him going up against an even better oklahoma state defense so as long as spencer sanders takes care of the ball I, I like oklahoma state michigan state at iowa Iowa's favored six and a half i'm gonna take the spartans i watched a lot of that iowa game last week against northwestern did not like what i saw from from spencer petrus the quarterback for iowa Michigan State's got a a very good defense, I think, and one of Iowa's best offensive weapons, Amir Smith-Marset, is suspended for this game, so I think that's big. Uh, And I'm actually going to make, oh yeah, Michigan State, my lock. Ooh, our Sparty fans are happy. Yes, sir. Uh, Tennessee, minus one and a half. At Arkansas, I don't know. Who the heck knows? (laughs) knows? (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) Arkansas, you know, they're obviously much improved, um, I will say though, one of the games that that kind of really made us think they're super improved was that Mississippi State win, which, of course, eh, week after week looks less impressive. Um, as for Tennessee, I'll throw out the Alabama and Georgia games because they make a lot of teams look bad. I can't I can't throw out the Kentucky game, but yeah. hey, they're two and one against everybody but Alabama and Georgia, and they're coming off of bye, so sure, I'll take that minus one and a half. Wazoo at Oregon State. Oregon State is favored one and a half. But I'm going to go with the Cougs. I like Rolovich. I'm hoping he can get that run-and-shoot offense uh, you know, rolling quickly with the, the talent that Leach developed and with his own freshman quarterback that he recruited, uh, Jaden Delora, who ran the run-and-shoot offense in high school in Honolulu. So he should be fun to watch. And I think Oregon State's offense could regress big time this year without Jake Luton, who really took care of the ball, without Isaiah Hodgins, who was really their only uh, meaningful receiving threat. All right, I'm going to lead us
2: off with Nebraska at Northwestern. Northwestern's given three and a half. I hate to do it, but I'm taking Northwestern. Their offense is still isn't that great. They only mustered 21 points last week, and and they gave the ball away three times. But f- thankfully for them, they have a very good defense that that forced three turnovers, uh, and the offense was able to score on a 35-yard field to win the game. But I'm not. My problem is I'm not a full believer in the Husker defense yet. Just don't see them shutting down. Anyone, uh, The Huskers offensively might have challenges against that Northwestern D considering Nebraska isn't full strength at receiver right now. They're going to need Omar Manning to step up and play this week. And then Wondell Robinson needs to get more touches. The Aggies. I got, I hope I'm wrong. The <laughs> Aggies yeah. m- minus 10 at South Carolina. Will Muschamp. He's running out of chances at South Carolina desperately needs a win. I'm kind of going with the theory here that you're not always as bad as you look and you're not always as good as you look. South Carolina had a bye week to stew on their bad performance against LSU. Uh, The Aggies are playing with a bunch of confidence on the other side, but Arkansas statistically was kind of with them last week. So with their backs against the wall, I'm going to take the Gamecocks. I say they can keep it close uh, behind a good day on the ground from Kevin Harris. Houston is facing Cincinnati. The Bearcats are given 13 and a half. We were all hopeful uh, but curious to see how Houston's redshirt strategy would pan out. Hasn't been great so far, but I'll give them somewhat of a pass considering every game they had in September ended up getting canceled. Yeah. Uh, but but what I didn't like was they seemed a little lifeless in their game against UCF on Saturday. They only put up 21 points at home in what was supposed to be a really high-scoring affair. Cincinnati, we've touched on it earlier. They're, Ryan, you said it. They're playing as well as anyone right now, smashing two good AAC opponents. Uh, Ritter, Ritter's getting more confident as a passer. So I'm not going to get in front of that train. I'm going to take Cincy. And then finally, Maryland at Penn State. Penn State's given 25. We talked about Talia's awesome performance beating Minnesota last week. A lot of people might like them going up against an 0-2 Nittany Lion team, but we have to consider Maryland lost by 40 to Northwestern the week before. They were down 17 in that Minnesota game, uh, but props to them for winning. And then Penn State, we've touched. They, we've said it ad nauseum. They could have easily won the Indiana game, then they had to play Ohio State. Last year, remember, Maryland was 2-1 and one going in and looked pretty good. Penn State beat them 59 to nothing. I think Penn State, this is their get-right game, and they take it out on the Terps.
1: I like it. Okay, let's uh, close out this episode here with a questionable finish. Dan Mullen dressed as Darth Vader at his post-game press conference uh, after, of course, a brawl at halftime. Uh, What Halloween costume would be most
0: fitting for another head coach to wear? Uh, So I saw a costume uh, that was, like, half of it was, like, red, kind of orangey, kind of like fire. It kind of looked like fire and flames. Then the other side was just, like, blue, and it was, like, ice, just, like, kind of white and icy. So fire and ice kind of was the, you know, obviously the costume. I'm going to go with Hugh Freeze as the fire and ice since... He coaches the Liberty Flames and his name is Hugh Freeze. Ooh, so got, I like that. Ah, nice. oh, wow. That's clever. Very, nice. very good.
1: Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, I think Derek Mason of Vanderbilt should address like a duck because he seems like a, a, a lame duck yeah. head coach right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's. Oh, yeah.
1: wow. <laughs> Sorry. He's not the only duck out wow. there.
2: Well, I was, you know, sticking in the SEC right now. The seller, Mike Leach, he's known as the Pirate, but he really should be a ghost uh, because his team has disappeared since the LSU win and he doesn't really want to be seen uh, these days.
0: Yeah, it's a good, very nice. Yeah.
1: Good. Uh, I like it. Name something as likely as Rutgers taking down Ohio State this weekend. Uh, that would be... It's more likely that I'll drink a beer this weekend, which... Y'all know I'm I'm not a drinker, so <laughs> <you> know, no, <laughs> not gonna happen. All right, well, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I think it's as likely as Kanye West winning the election today. Ooh, wow,
0: yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I would say it's as likely as ooh, who's the? Uh, I would say it's as likely as Colorado uh, winning the Pac-12. It's not gonna happen. Hey, happened.
1: Stranger things have happened Stranger things Have they? Leicester City Leicester <laughs> City Come on Oh that's I don't right. know what Colorado's odds were When they won You know a few years ago But it can't have been yeah, high Yeah true
0: True
1: uh, Alright Let's get to our upset special Gotta pick a 7 plus point underdog To win outright And by the way Going back I guess Rutgers Rutgers beating Ohio State Hey it almost happened with Syracuse, 46 and a half point underdogs against Clemson. Oh, that's... I mean, that's you true. could say almost happened in air quotes. Yeah, but.
0: well, it was tied in the fourth quarter, so, or third yeah. quarter.
1: Anyway, okay. Upset special. So, I'm going with uh, my seven-plus-point underdog is uh, Liberty, Ryan. I agree with you. Uh, going up yeah. against Virginia Tech, they're a 14-and-a-half-point dog. Sorry, Justin Fuente. I, uh, Fuente, I love Fuente, but... There's just going to be a ton of points in this game. Liberty, I think, has the potential to, to stay with them. Uh, Virginia Tech's defense is 10th, or sorry, 116th in the nation in yards per rush allowed. And Liberty's 10th in the country in yards per carry on offense. So watch out.
2: Yikes. Uh, I'm going to take South Carolina. They're getting 10 against AM. They're coming off a bye week. I mentioned earlier how desperate they are for a win. Uh, it's home in Columbia they can pull off the upset
0: sure um i kind of mentioned this one earlier i'm going to take arizona uh they're getting 14 right now at at utah like michael kind of mentioned the bottom is possible that could kind of fall out here on utah um which just was so much gone that the utah brand is what's kind of keeping this i feel like almost at 14 there's so much unknown with that utah with that utah team and arizona we know that they're gonna move the ball i would think grant cannell is pretty good and that offense should be able to move the ball they got good pieces coming back especially up front so I think Arizona can give Utah a run for their money. All righty. Well,
1: I'm just realizing I said Virginia Tech was 116th in yards per rush allowed. That must be including some teams that haven't played yet. Did that just? I went to teamrankings.com for that stat, but
0: yeah, 12 Pac 12 team hasn't played yet, so that's yeah,
1: the Mac hasn't the played Mac, yet, so maybe the they were Mac counting are, them as zero yards per carry. Well,
0: yeah, there's 100 whatever. Yeah, they're
1: bad. Is close, the point? They're not good. They're horrible. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Again, if you want access to bonus episodes, including an Ask the Bros episode coming up, subscribe on Patreon. It's five bucks a month. Appreciate your support there. And we will talk to you next week.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media. Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.